0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Sunday, March 13th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over the entire NBA main slate and early slate, all eight games for the NBA today for DFS purposes. So excited to be here today, excited to have you. We're going to hit these games one by one. Get through them, try to get those lineups built, and see if we can have multiple takedowns on different slates today uh, on all of the sites where we will uh, we provide here at Coach Talk for uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, and also Prize And I'd also like to thank Prize for being our presenting sponsor today. You can go to prizepicks.com, sign up with the promo code Coach all one word. And you get a free match all the way up to a hundred bucks on your first deposit. And prize picks is definitely a blast if you haven't tried it out. All right. If you're watching on YouTube, we're going to dive in. So hit that thumbs up now, get it out of the way, hit the subscribe button, and we're going to be good to go. While you're at it, hit the little alarm in the upper corner. That little uh, alert will let you know every time one of our podcasts posts. All right. <clears throat> No messing around. We got to get after this, ladies and gentlemen. First game on the card, it is a 1 p.m. Eastern game. It is the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn's favored by five and a half. It's a 225 and a half total, uh, 110 implied for the Knicks, 115 and a half for the Brooklyn Nets. The Knicks come in 28 and 39, the Nets 34 and 33. As far as a questionable tag for the Knicks, Obi Toppin. And the guys that are out are Grimes, Noel, and Rose. For Brooklyn, three guys out. Uh, LMA is going to be out about another week. Kyrie Irving, because it's a home game. And then Ben Simmons, who is not uh, quite suited up for the new squad yet. We have um, an island game for both teams, so that's good. Pace not good for the Knicks, 26th, uh, 11th for Brooklyn. As far as defense, also middle of the road. Knicks are 10th, which is is respectable. Brooklyn is down at 18th. So an interesting first game here. It is the only game at 1 o'clock. And that three-game slate uh, for the early slate gives you a few options here. So we don't have showdowns uh, to deal with. But a couple of guys you could talk about here. Obviously, R.J. Barrett has steadily been tough for the Knicks. Certainly a fair price for him at 7.6. A little bit higher, though, for Julius Randle at 9.7. He certainly has also turned it up quite a bit and uh, is is pricey but playable. Um, Mitch Robinson, since Noel's been out, has been logging a few extra minutes With Gibson as his backup, as opposed to Noel, he's 5'7", and as long as he stays out of foul trouble, uh, I think is playable here. After that, you've got an iffy backcourt for the Knicks. uh, Really hard to figure out exactly where you want to go there. Uh, You know, the prices are cheap, but there's a lot of incurred risk with that. Uh, For Brooklyn, you know, you've got somewhat of a, a split now with Goran Dragic and Patty Mills, so that doesn't help. Uh, us much in in DFS purposes. They are cheap, 3-8 and 3-3, but not sure I want to gamble there. Seth Curry at 5-3, very fair. Bruce Brown at 5-1, same thing. Two guys at a a really value price that you can utilize. And now Andre Drummond has fallen into that pack. He's only 5-5, and he had shot way up there for a while. Uh, But, you know, he's been inconsistent and getting in foul trouble but with no LMA at 5.5, that is a very tempting price. I have not been on Drummond lately, but that gets me back uh, interested for sure. And then, of course, Kevin Durant. I mean, he's the number one payup, I think, on the early slate. It's pretty obvious. No hot take there. He's 10.8, which is expensive, but not out of reach. And he's just dominant. I mean, you know, like we expected Kevin Durant to do he came back from that long absence and just picked right up. I mean, the dude just can roll out of bed and play 40 minutes. It's it's unbelievable. So, uh, you know, again, the pace isn't great for the Knicks, but at 10-8 for an early slate play, uh, Kevin Durant is going to be a, a good look for me. And we're also supplying for that Yahoo all-day slate, and Kevin Durant also falls uh, into play for me there. I think He's just a great way to start off uh, your your build. He has just been consistent as, as all get out. Um, and then after that, that, that really does uh, pretty much surmise that first game. All right, let's go on to game. Uh, let's see here. Game three, or I'm sorry, game two, but at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, L.A. Clippers are at the Detroit Pistons. Clippers are favored by four and a half. 218.5 total, 111.5 implied for the Clippers, 107 implied for the Detroit Pistons. Clippers are 35 and 34, Detroit 18 and 49. Lots of guys out in this game. Guys out for the Clippers Covington, George, Leonard, Powell, Preston. For Detroit, questionable tag on Killian Hayes, which does affect that backcourt rotation. Magruder, doubtful, and then we already know Diallo, Jackson, Smith, and Stewart are out. So it does give us a different look at some of these guys. It is the first night of a back-to-back for the Clippers, and they are on a road trip, so that is something to take note of. Uh, Island game for Detroit. Um, As far as pace goes, middle of the pack here, 16th and 13th, so no major effect there. Clippers remain in the top 10 defensively, though, at 8th, not so much for Detroit at a 24 number. So a couple of guys from Clippers certainly in play, but the Clippers have been hard to figure lately. So, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson has been the man there basically since their studs went down, but he's a big 8-2, so a little bit tough to bite off, but against that bad Detroit defense. Certainly a playable commodity there. Uh, it's been very tough to figure out the whole mess between coffee and canard. Man, uh, those guys, especially even Batum, a little bit, just very hit or miss, risky. So, I'm not gonna look to go there. I do like the price on Marcus Morris at 5.4. He stepped up last time. Uh, and then Ivaka Zubots. Zubots has been. Uh, pretty darn good this season. This is the best stretch that I can remember for him. He is up to 6'2", but that's not bad for what he's been putting out. And Detroit is shorthanded at the big with uh, Isaiah Stewart out. So maybe it's time to, to finally buy in and, and uh, dial up Zubats. Uh, Not really interested anybody on the Clippers bench. For Detroit, Cade Cunningham has been playing terrific. He is seven nine, which is fair. He's playing to that level, but as a rookie, he's going to throw in some disappointment, so he's not a plug-and-play, but I do like him. Um, Corey Joseph is an okay play. If Killian Hayes is ruled out, he's questionable because he's only 4-2. He's going to get decent minutes, and then you get a, a super fair value price on the starting front line uh, and even a couple guys off the bench for Detroit. Um, no question, Sadiq Bay at 6K is a is a decent play. Uh, Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant at 6'1, Marvin Bagley, who's taken over the starting center role with Stewart out, is 5'6, and then Kelly O off the bench is only 4K. So really, those are the four guys. You know, I'd like to have some exposure there just because of the great value. So I will have uh, some of this game for that early slate for sure. Uh, Not going to run to it, though, for any all-day slates. All right, uh, the third and final early slate game uh, for the early only slate is a 3.30 Eastern game. The Dallas Mavericks at the Boston Celtics. Boston's favored by 7.5. It's only a 2.13 total, so low total here. Dallas 102.75, Boston 110.25. Dallas comes in. 41 and 26, Boston, 41 and 27. A couple of extremely important questionable tags for Dallas. Two starters, big minutes guys in Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney Smith. So we have to follow that news early on here. That will be important uh, to that rotation for Dallas. Uh, as far as the guys that are out for Dallas, it's Marquise Chris, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Theo Pinson. For Boston, just the one designation, and that's Naismith, who's out. Other than that, Boston is healthy, which makes them a little bit tougher to play. Very, very slow pace here. Dallas, slowest team in the league. Boston is 24th. And then a double negative here is Dallas is sixth in the league in defense. Boston's second. So you've got seven and a half, which is a pretty decent size spread. A very low total. Horrible pace, great defense, not a good game to focus on. But let's look at it. Is Luka the play, the pay up on this early slate? I certainly would prefer Durant over him in this scenario. But, you know, Luka does everything for this team. We know it's somewhat impossible to guard. They'll, you know, whoever they put on them, if they stick Tatum on them or whatever they determine they're going to do. They'll run a high pick and roll, try to brush him off. So, you know, Luke is going to get his, but at 12-2 at this pace, not going to be dialing him up uh, on this early slate for me. I'm going to use the payup for Durant and then try to medium build rather than dumpster dive because there's not as much value except a few of those Detroit guys in this early slate. Um, after that, you know, Brunson, we need to know if he's back and Finney Smith. If they're not back, it does elevate Spencer Dinwiddie at 6-4. And uh, Dwight Powell at 4'9 really stepped up the last game big time. Uh, Maxi Kleba off the bench at 4-2 can be considered. Um, but really, that is about it. Reggie Bullock has not shot the ball well, but is only 4-5. So let's follow that news as uh, it un- uh, rolls out with Brunson and Finney Smith. On the Boston side, we're in the same dilemma we've been. They're healthy. And a lot of people getting theirs, you know, and they're not cheap. Marcus Smart at 6'3 is, is at least reasonable. Robert Williams is down a six eight, which is reasonable. So those are two guys you can look at. I do like Robert Williams a lot here. Uh, not really interested in Al Horford at 5'7, but this is the kind of game that he can do well. Jalen Brown is fair, seven eight is a good price for Jalen Brown. If he's sub eight. He deserves some some strong interest. Jason Tatum at 10-2, that makes it a bit tough to pay up uh, over 10K for him just because of the pace of this game and the good defense uh, by Dallas. So doubt that I'm going to go Tatum, but he's been cracking his number like game after game. So it's, you know, not an easy fade by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Derek White off the bench at 4-7, you can take a glance at. But really, that is about it for that one. All right, that's the first uh, three games, the early only slate uh, for sure. And now we've got five games with an earlier start for the main slate. It's 6 p.m. Eastern, which happens quite a bit on Sunday. So uh, we're going to dive right into the main slate here. First games, that 6 p.m. start is the Philadelphia 76ers and Orlando Magic. Philly favored by a big 12 and a half. It's a 224 total, which isn't great, but uh, for that big of a a spread especially, 118.25 implied for Philly, 105.75 for the Orlando Magic. Philadelphia comes in 40 and 25, Orlando 18 and 50. Uh, Only guy out for Philly is Danny Green, and then for Orlando, we have some question marks. They've been rotating and sitting guys, you know, with their season mailed in, but we do have two important guys questionable here, Jalen Suggs and Mo Bamba. So definitely need that news. We got to stay tuned because it totally changes that entire rotation there. Uh, We know Jonathan Isaac still remains out. So as far as statistically speaking in this game, it is the first night of a back-to-back for Philadelphia. So let's keep... In touch with this news. If there was a time to sit and beat a game, this would be it. I've seen zero news about that, but I'm not going to be surprised whatsoever if Joel takes this game off. Uh, That's just conjecture on my part, but let's follow the news throughout the day because it's going to make all the difference uh, in this late slate. But with the fact that they play again tomorrow and and Embiid hasn't had a game off in a while and Orlando stinks. Uh, I think Philly may try to squeeze by here uh, without them. So that will change the slate totally if that does happen. Um, Philadelphia, by the way, is 28th in pace, so that doesn't get you excited. Orlando is 10th, so decent pace-up game for Philly. As far as defense, Philly's 11th, Orlando 21st, so we should get what we need to get here. Um Philadelphia, obviously, if if Joel plays, he's a great play. If uh, he sits, then James Harden is a plug-and-play, automatic, almost free square to me, if you can have an 11K free square. Uh, But that's how I'm going to look at that combination of things. Tyrese Maxey at 7K remains very playable at that price. He has been consistent and good. After that, Tobias has been shaky at 6'9", obviously, uh, his star rises if Joel does happen to sit. I'm um, not really interested in the Thibel, Niang, Milton, you know, group off the bench. Now, if they start DeAndre Jordan at center, um, you know, that's something to consider. Uh, we'll see who's going to fill that spot and how that's going to work. Um, it is possible, um, but, you know, we'll see. So uh, follow that news here, and we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. On the Orlando side, um, you've got Cole Anthony at six six, which is very fair, especially if Suggs sits out at four eight. Franz Wagner inconsistent had a huge game the other day, and then a terrible game five two. Wendell Carter seven three is played great. He's a nice play here, especially if Embiid decides to sit and if Mo Bamba sits. So. We need news all over the place there, but Carter firmly in play for me, depending on that rotation. Guys off the bench for them: Okiki, Hampton, Fultz, Ross. Mo Wagner's been tough off the bench, and if Mo Wagner happens to start in Bomba's spot, which probably won't, they probably move Carter to center if Bomba sits. But Wagner's somebody to look at because he's only three nine and he has been getting uh, mid twenties minutes and and been playing well. So. Can you could find some sneaky value in this game, uh, but it's all news dependent to determine what we're going to do in that game. All right, the the second game on the main slate at a regular starting time. In fact, there's three of the these uh, games at 7 p.m. Eastern. The first one being the Memphis Grizzlies and Oklahoma City Thunder. Memphis is favored by a big 13, but you have a decent 230 total, 121 and a half for the Grizz. 108 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Coming into the game, Memphis is 46 and 22. The Thunder are 20 and 46. We have a questionable tag on Dylan Brooks. Uh, we read yesterday that he may be back in this game. Um, I will see if they roll him out against this really weak Thunder team. I don't know if they really need him, but uh, maybe he plays, probably on a minutes restriction. Uh, So I doubt that it's going to be, he'll be a playable commodity, but it does hurt guys like Desmond Bain, especially um, with just taking some of that usage away. Um, For Oklahoma City, uh, it's Trey Mann, questionable, and he's been uh, getting really good minutes for them. So we need that news. Um, After that, it's a bunch of guys out. Favors, Giddy, JRE, Kenrich Williams. We know they've had three guys out now with surgery as well, including Lou Dort uh, that are out for the season. So they are definitely limping in, trying to get a a nice high uh, pick here. Statistically speaking for this game, uh, Oklahoma City, first of all, on a first night of a back-to-back, and they do have a short rotation. So they may go a little bit deeper today, could affect things. Plus, Memphis has a fantastic defense uh, as well. But Pace-wise, Memphis is fourth, so it's a good pace up game for the Thunder. Thunder are below average at 17th, and then as, or I'm sorry, 14th, and then as far as uh, uh, the defense goes, like I said, Memphis fourth, and uh, I'm sorry, seventh. I can't get my numbers straight in this one. Let's do this again. Memphis is fourth in pace. Oklahoma City, 14th. As far as defense, Memphis is seventh. Oklahoma City, right in the middle of the pack at 15. There we go. Numbers uh, are finally correct. Uh, so looking at this game, obviously, you're, you know, you're two pay-up guys that jump off the screen for you. Uh, both expensive, both great plays, both in consideration for me. And that's John Moran at 10-4 and SGA at 10-3. They've both been terrific, both been consistent and uh, certainly in this game have the potential, especially if they can keep it below that 13 spread that Vegas says. That's the only risk here if that gets a little out of control. Uh, both teams you know, certainly will rotate some guys, and that could hurt both of them. So they are terrific in Morant and SGA, but definitely some, some blowout risk could affect their total minutes. <clears throat> Desmond Bain at 6'4", decent play. Dylan Brooks at 49 if he's in there, not going to play him yet with the restriction, but it's probably going to back me off Bane as well. Uh you can get good value here with uh Jackson at 63, and then you have Stephen Adams at 6k who played most of his career in Oklahoma City. So nice little narrative there that he's he gets I'm sure he'll get a big ovation uh you know from that crowd. So Adams in play for me at 6k, very fair price and he can crash the boards and the Thunder are terrible against uh, interior players. Um, for the Thunder, other than SGA, especially with Man questionable, that's important because who you know who's going to be the second or third option if Man sits because he's been in that role for a little while now. And I guess you'd have to talk about Aaron Wiggins at 4'8 and uh, Poku at 5'4. Those two guys. Uh, get some interest for me, especially if Man sits. For the big spots, it's pretty much they've been rolling with a combination of guys, but Baisley and Roby have been the main two. Baisley at 5'2", and Roby at 5'7", both, they're priced very fair for the amount of minutes they've been getting. Uh, they've been using Lindy Waters a little bit, bit and then Olivier Saar. Who's been decent, but very inconsistent, and minutes have been very inconsistent there as well. So, don't want to, you know, have any uh, dead shots there. So, we, we probably want to sp- stick more to the Wiggins, Baisleys, Robies if you're going value uh, on the Thunder. <clears throat> All right, game two of the seven o'clock games is the Indiana Pacers and Atlanta Hawks. Another double-digit favorite here in Atlanta at twelve. So. That's three double digit favorites in a row which definitely you know can start affecting this uh, entire slate if we get some blowouts so we gotta you know really dig in on these games but it is a nice 237 total which is the biggest total on the slate uh, 112 and, pl- and a half implied for Indiana 124 and a half which is a really big number for Atlanta so uh, Indiana won 12 and a half and won and a half Atlanta. That's, that is interesting. Indiana comes in 23 and 45, Atlanta 32 and 34. Questionable tag for uh, Lance Stevenson, guys that are out, Brogdon out again, <clears throat> McConnell, Turner, and Warren. Uh, the questionable tag for Atlanta, again, massively important is John Collins, because That changes everything in that rotation for sure. So how do we look at uh, statistically this game? We do have two teams affected by back-to-backs. Indiana played last night, so that could certainly affect their rotation today. And Atlanta plays a second game tomorrow, so another uh, situation that we want to keep aware of. Uh, Pace, not great considering these two teams aren't very good. You'd think they'd be running and gunning, but they're 18th and 21st respectively, which is pretty low considering this is the highest total on the board. But the reason that is that way is because these two teams cannot defend themselves. They're 26th and 27th defensively. So it does bring a bunch of guys into play. Um, The bottom line is, you know, Halliburton's one of my favorites when Brogdon sits. Very small sample size, but enough that we know <clears throat> all of his ratios go up, usage, assist ratio, uh, all of the, everything pretty much uh, jumps up with with uh, Brogden out. So Halliburton, even though at nine K is a pretty pricey commodity, I think he's a great play here. We know Atlanta's backcourt does not get it done. Other guys you can consider. It gets a little muddy though uh, with some of the depth here. They've been playing really uh, eight or nine guys every game. Duarte's fair at 4-8, but he healed a little pricey at 7-6. Brissett, you know, is in that rotation at 5-4. Isaiah Jackson had a nice game. You know, he's been fairly consistent at 5-3, but those guys I just all mentioned are splitting time. Jalen Smith, who I think is terrific, but he's coming off the bench. He's 5-8, which isn't a giveaway price now but he does get the numbers like every game. He can shoot the three, gets rebounds. He's so tempting, but you're just always fearful that he gets a game, you know, with 17 or 18 minutes, which is not going to cut it, but he's been getting mid-20s. So, you know, got to consider him. Dwayne Washington coming off a terrific game, not a play for me, but a 3-6, you know, worth mentioning. Um, All of that, you know, fact that he's hot now is going to affect, I think, Duarte and Heald's minutes a bit. Goga, like I said, coming off the bench at 4-5, muddies the waters a bit with Brissett and Jackson, and they even dusted off Kiefer Sykes this last game uh, for backup point to Halliburton. So not the easiest uh, rotation there. Halliburton, I'm plugging in and then going to try to figure out which one of these value guys leaning a little towards Jackson right now uh, on the Indiana side. <clears throat> for Atlanta, great spot for Trey Young. He's 10-1. Certainly uh, could smash that number uh, against a, a poor defensive squad in Indiana. So uh, a, certainly a, a fair price at 10-1 for Trey for what he can produce. If Collins sits, then you know it brings Capella into play at 5-9 because he's going to get a lot more rotation at center, uh, you know, Collins usually backs him up there. Uh, it also brings a Kongu into play a little bit more. I mean, it, it's not a huge effect on his rotation because he does back up Capella, but they would both get a couple of extra minutes there if Collins sits. It probably bumps either Bogdanovich or Gallinari into the starting lineup, and those, you know, that would make those two much more interesting, adding on a couple of minutes. So let's try to get that Collins news. Start with Trey and then see how it shuffles out with who's in and who's out. All right, we have two games left, a 7 o'clock and a 9 o'clock. Uh, the third 7 o'clock game is the Houston Rockets and New Orleans Pelicans. It's the Pelicans by six, 229.5 total, 111.75 implied for Houston, 117.75 for the Pels. So decent total here. Uh, Two teams that we know can score the ball and there'll be some statistical backup here that will tell that as well. Uh, Only guys out for Houston, Garuba and Wall still haven't played our five seconds of wasted time. Um, And then for the Pelicans, Ingram is out. So that's very important to know. CJ McCollum's still out. Very important to know. Larry Nance, Zion, Cheeseburgers, Williamson, I'm going to have to go back to the nickname because I haven't heard when he's coming back. So I'm thinking he has not cut down on the cheeseburger intake. So let's let's get it rolling, Zion. We want you back. Um, All right. As far as this game goes, you know, Houston's the fastest team in the league. They're the worst defense. So every Houston game, you know, gets a circle around it just for those two purposes, uh, for sure. Pelicans, not great on pace at 22nd, but they're not good on defense at 22. So, <clears throat> even this game, even though this game is not the highest total, this is my favorite game. I, I just, after, you know, the, what seeing what Houston can do and the Pels uh, in a situation where they don't have their main guys, you get a lot of value in this game and you get just a lot of opportunities for guys to seven, eight, nine, 10 X their number. So let's, let's talk about this. Kevin Porter at six, seven in play. Jalen green at five, eight has really stepped up recently. Uh, like him a lot. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, we'll see what his workload's going to be. He had missed a little time, but he's a cheap four, seven. Uh, looks like we're going to get Christian wood back in at seven, nine and he's rested. So he's definitely in play, but you know, what, with having the Houston guys back, it bumps down those guys we were using as value that aren't going to have as big of a role now, and their bench is all of a sudden extremely deep. I like all five of these guys on the bench, but I doubt that I'm going to utilize them. Uh, K.J. Martin's only 5K, Schroeder 5-5, is up to 6-8, and he's off the list right now. He is not in my, uh, let's just say he's in my doghouse right now. Um, Garrison Matthews at three, three gets minutes. Josh Christopher's played well at four, two, but again, you know, you've got that depth where are all the minutes going to go. It's going to affect all of them really, uh, top to bottom. But my right now I'd lean more towards Porter green and Wood is the three guys that I'm initially looking at? Definitely going to have exposure here though, because I think this game gets up and down, uh, and is going to be over this total. I think it's going to be a good, uh, DFS game. On the Pell side, with all those guys sitting, you know, you've got that opportunity to go to Devontae Graham or Jose Alvarado. Uh, Graham, 6'1", Alvarado, 3'9". Both should get good minutes. You're going to have an uptick in minutes for Herb Jones at 5'6", and definitely more usage. Uh, you're going to have Najee Nod- Marshall uh, taking a bigger role at uh, 4'6". He is playable. And then you've got your bigs in place like they have been. They won't be affected much uh, by the guys out. But Jackson Hayes, 4-7, and Jonas Valachunas, 8-3. So Val's a little expensive, but I expect both of those guys to get a little bit more action uh, with all of that usage and scoring from CJ and Ingram being out. So you can have multiple, uh, go multiple ways here uh, for the Pels. I think you're going to have decently be deep bench. So that's the only thing with both teams here that deters total stacking is that they are going fairly deep um, with their rotations, but definitely with the the cheap prices there, it definitely allows you to get uh, to one or two buy-ups pretty easily uh, in this whole grouping. So uh, probably three guys from this game uh, minimum for me. All right, we have one game left and it's a standalone game. And for some reason they put these Stinking LA Lakers as a standalone game, uh, every night, it seems like. But there's a two hour break until the 9 p.m. Eastern game. But before we dissect this Lakers Suns game, a couple of things. If you're watching right now on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, jam that subscribe button. That's really important to us. We put these podcasts in front of the paywall every day, and that's the one thing we really ask you to hit. Also, If you're listening on any of our podcast landing sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, wherever it is, take a second, give us a five stars and a comment. Love the pod, you know, whatever. Uh, That would be a nice one. And if you do that, at the end of each month, we have a drawing for whoever has given us a five star and a comment. And they win a free with the drawing. The winner of the drawing gets a free one-week membership to Coach Talk couple of things for Coach Talk. We have great announcements. We have an MLB package that we just released yesterday. Check that out on our website. It's dfscoachtalk.com, or you can check it out on Twitter, at DFS Coach Talk. <clears throat> We have an option for the entire um, MLB season, which, as you know, is like half the year. It's about a six-month membership, and it's super cheap and you can break it into two payments. And when when you get any membership at Coach Talk, you get everything that we have. So you're going to get all of our baseball, obviously, because that's the package. But you also get the beginning of football at that time. You get all of our NBA through the entire playoffs, all of our PGA that's every week. And then our newest announcement, we're going to have John Weehausen and Colin Chach leading uh, uh, our USFL football action, so we're adding that to the mix. So all kinds of great uh, stuff coming up and happening here at Coach Talk. So please tune in, subscribe to the channel, dfscoachtalk.com. Check us out, dip your toe in the water. Three days for ten bucks, you can't beat it. Also, Prize Picks, thanks for the pres- for being the presenting sponsor. Go to PrizePicks.com, use the promo code Coach Talk all one word, no space, and you get all the way up to $100 match on your first deposit by using that promo code, and you can jam in some really good prize picks plays. Also, we'll be doing a prize uh, pick short, like 10-minute pod every day now. That's the other new piece that has come into the mix, and we'll have that one posting shortly after this NBA one posts. All right, Last game, LA Lakers, Phoenix Suns, 9 p.m. Eastern. Phoenix favored by eight and a half, which is not that bad of a, a spread. There, uh, it is a 230 total, 110.75 implied for the Lakers, 119.25 for the Phoenix Suns. The Lakers come in 29 and 37. Phoenix 53 and 14. Uh, as far as the Lakers go, probable tag on Monk. So we're expecting him to go LeBron James, questionable tag. We're expecting him to go. Uh, the only guy that really is a question mark to me is, is THT. He is questionable. We know Davis and none are out for Phoenix. Somebody by the name of Gabriel Lundberg is probable. So I know that, uh, if some of my buddies I do these shows with, like Gundacker and Josh Crash Davis, I know that they'd be jamming in Gabriel Lundberg everywhere today. No, just kidding. Uh, I I know most basketball players. I follow it closely, but I have to admit I don't know who Gabriel Lundberg is. So tweet. shoot me a tweet. Send something here on the podcast. Who's Gabriel Lundberg? All right. Uh, as far as who's out for Phoenix... Cam Johnson, that's an important one. Kaminsky, we know Chris Paul's still out and Saric has not suited up all season. Poor Daria, we miss him, that hustle in there. Um, All right, so how does this game look statistically? Lakers, on top of having to go to Phoenix and play the best defensive team, uh, one of the best defensive teams in the league, they're on the first night of a back-to-back. So I guess We can't just automatically say LeBron is in like we always do. I guess, you know, if you're going to play him, uh, put him in that spot. You can swap him the easiest because just in case he's a late, uh, you know, late out, have a plan to, you know, flip to to, uh, Booker or, you know, just don't have to eat the dust and go from like a LeBron down to a Jay Crowder because that would sting. So have a plan just in case since it is the first night of a back-to-back for the Lakers. Uh, Lakers are sixth in pace. Phoenix is ninth. So believe it or not, those are the two, the combination of the two fastest teams on this entire slate. So it does give you some interest there. Uh, Lakers below average in defense slightly by their 16th. Suns we know have been in the top five all year. They are third. So how do we break this game down? Where do we go? Well, LeBron, if he plays, he's a big fat 11-8, which stings a little bit, especially in Phoenix against that tough D. So, not sure that's going to be my pay up tonight. Uh, not, I know he's been absolutely insane lately with these 50-point games and all this craziness. So, you know, you can't count him out, but certainly not, you know, a sweetheart spot for him by any stretch. Uh, if he does happen to sit, which more than likely he won't, uh, I'm not even going to say the words Russell Westbrook because he's eight, one still on DraftKings. I know he had that big game in Houston. I know he still can do some things, but man, it's just extremely painful when you're trying to sweat him out to get there at that number. Uh, other guys though, Malik Monk at five, eight, you know, he's had some real ceiling games. Uh, Carmelo Anthony off the bench at five two, he is getting a lot of shots up, but certainly not crazy about, uh, the Lakers side for Phoenix, you know, campaign is up there with the big boys at seven, four now, but he does get a lot of minutes. He does handle the ball a lot. So I wouldn't say he's a scratch just because he's so uh, high priced. really for him, but seven, four is worth a consideration. The best play on that side, of course, Devin Booker at 9-2. They really don't have an answer for him defensively, the Lakers. So, you know, Book definitely has to be in the player pool at 9-2. Uh, after that, you know, you can go to and at 7-2, especially if they're going to play LeBron James at center. But with a big, gigantic uh, DeAndre Ayton, don't be surprised if you don't see Mr. Dwight Howard in there. Uh, Getting some minutes. He has not been playing much at all, but uh, this might be the spot where you see Dwight Howard uh, trying to go up against DeAndre Ayton here. So, could it bring Dwight in play at 3 4? Possibly, but not with a ton of risk. Nice GPP shot, but uh, let's see how that uh, pans out. Uh, Ayton is 7 2. So, you know, not a bad price, but certainly not going to always get full run from him. You know, if Phoenix gets control of this game, you'll see a lot more uh, Javel McGee and maybe even a little Bismack Biyombo. So something to consider there. Um, Mikhail Bridges at 6-5, a little pricier than I'd like, but can get there as well. Just as Jay Crowder at 5'5, he springs up and throws you a 7x game and then a 2x game. So you got to have the stomach for that for sure. All right, my friends, that is it. All eight games. We're going to get this posted. So if people are playing early or all day slates, they've got the entire group of players here to uh, review and get those lineups built and started. Really appreciate everybody checking us out, and listening in. Uh, check us out a little bit more. Go to dfscoachtalk.com. Uh, if you want to uh, tweet us or check us out there, we're at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, and I answer all my questions regardless of how many there are, so shoot them to me. I'll be happy to get back to you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Hopefully, you set your clocks forward already, and you aren't scratching your head at what's going on here, and uh, you get your lineups in in time. So, Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it uh, definitely we'll be back tomorrow, nine games on Monday. You gotta love it. You gotta love these slates where we're getting really good amount of games. It's great stuff. So, uh, check out our prize picks slash props podcast coming out here in the next hour after this posts. And then, uh, we'll be back with both of both podcasts tomorrow as well with a really good NBA slate. Thanks again for joining in. Have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy the day. And we'll be back tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.